Rami's Age Show, interviewing interesting people so people can learn interesting things. Here is your host, Rami Zaid. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Rami Zaid Show, where I interview interesting people so people can learn interesting things. My guest today is Steve Ehrlich, who is the CEO of Voyager. Voyager is a publicly traded licensed crypto asset broker that provides investors with a turnkey solution to trade crypto assets. Earlier this year, Voyager announced a 100x growth of the company in just about 13 months with assets under management at half a billion dollars. Phenomenal. But not surprising after you hear Steve talk. Over and over, you hear words like competition and drive come out of Steve's mouth And that work ethic and passion manifests throughout Voyager. Let's get to it. I hope you all enjoy this conversation with Steve Ehrlich. This episode is brought to you by Cleanse On The Go. As potential sponsors approached me to advertise on my podcast this past year, I made a conscious decision to only bring on sponsors I absolutely believe in. And Cleanse On The Go is just that. A cleanse for me had nothing to do with weight loss, although it does that as well if that's what you're looking for, but more of a mental reset. I love the two-day cleanse option they have, but you have the choice of either a one, two, or three-day option to cater to your needs and wants. The beauty of Cleanse on the Go is its mobility. As most of my loyal listeners know, I absolutely promote a healthy eating and exercise lifestyle, but I'm a single dad, two kids, working 24-7, so to say I'm a bit busy is a ludicrous understatement. Cleanse on the go is super easy to use. They're just small packets you mix with water. These small packets can fit easily into purses or pockets and are great for travelers, busy lifestyles, or embarrassingly lazy lifestyles if that is you. As a listener to the Rami Zaid Show, you can get 17% off your order if you go to their website. It's simply cleanseonthego.com, one word. Pick the cleanse you want, and under discount code, just type in my first name, Rami, R-O-M-Y, and you'll receive 17% off. Do it. You'll love it. Now let's get back to the Rami Zaid Show. Steve Ehrlich, welcome to the Rami Zaid Show. Oh, thanks for having me. A lot of interesting stuff to talk about today with you, your background, cryptocurrency, and your company, Voyager, in crypto asset trading. I wanted to start with something I heard in an interview last year on Wolf of All Streets with Scott Melker, that snow or sunshine, and you being based on the East Coast, I'm assuming it's snowing right now, that it's an iced coffee for you. So I want to ask if you already had your iced coffee today. I am well into probably my third iced coffee of the day <laughs> in what is what is amounting to the nor'easter of first nor'easter of 2021. Hopefully, the last one. <laughs> I love it. So, my last guest that was on, her and I uh, rapped a little bit about our career starting as baristas in coffee shops, and I'm not sure it's, if it's the same for you. I know your kids are a little bit older than mine, but we used to say that iced coffee started when you had kids because parents would have kids. They'd make their coffee in the morning. The morning was an absolute tornado. So they forget to drink their coffee. And then they end up going back and just pouring that old coffee over ice and calling it a day. (laughs) That was the thing. It's not, I have to say mine was just a little different. I was like, I was never 
I, I was a huge Diet Coke fan, and I uh-huh. would drink, oh, geez, uh, two six-packs, maybe three six-packs a day. And then someone told me how bad it was for me. And <laughs> But I like cold drinks. I was never a fan of hot drinks. And so I switched to iced coffee. Uh, I pretty much drink it all day long now, uh, sometimes watered down. Because uh, again, too much of that isn't great either, but it's probably why I don't sleep very much either because I've got the caffeine flowing through all day long. Right, right. <laughs> well, I want to start with Steve Ehrlich, the competitor, because word on the street is you are ultra competitive with everything, which I absolutely love. But tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, probably is one of my, what I'll call my best attributes, but sometimes could be one of the worst attributes, right? I'm, you're competitive on everything. And it started when I was just a you know, wee little kid uh, growing up. I have a brother who's 15 months younger than me, who me by the age of three and he was two, uh, was taller than me. Uh, and to this day, he's still taller than me by like nine inches. So the competition, we were big basketball players. And so at a very young age, we were competing all the time. And it just drove this into everything I do, whether it's sports and, and I played collegiate lacrosse or if it's business. And I think we look for that attribute and the competitive attribute in all our employees. But it's really what drives me is wanting to always be the best and making sure that you're striving to be to be the best. And you know, that competition level, I think, is what really sets Voyager and myself apart uh, in this industry. And do you, do you think, Steve, ironically, I, I have a brother that's 15 months younger than me as well, but do you think that competitive drive comes from just that, or is it something that you, you feel you're born with? Look, I think you have the traits of it when you're, you're born with it, but I think to get the most out of it, it's got to be your mindset. You can easily not maximize your skills, right? It's like everything else in life that you may have a skill set or you may have attributes, but if you don't, you know, focus, you don't drive yourself with those attributes, you know, you could be, you, you won't get the most out of it. You could be the most talented musician around, but if you don't practice or you don't work hard at it and you don't strive to be really good, eventually people catch up to you. And I think that's the same thing with competitive nature is that if you stop trying to be competitive, there's probably someone who's going to be more competitive and catch up to you. And that's what really drives me. It's always the, the, the fear of what's coming behind me, not what's in front of me that, that drives me. That's great to hear. You know, we'll, we'll probably get into that later, meaning the, the fear begetting the the drive in your, in your business world, but something also, I think that's super cool. And, you know, maybe it's in line with, with you being a competitor, but also a giver was, you know, I heard you built a youth hockey program uh, out on the East Coast and spent some years running lacrosse and basketball programs as well. You know, tell us about how, you know, maybe that competitive edge has flopped into, you know, giving back a little bit. Yeah, I think it's a really important part of our society and our world. And when you have an opportunity to give back, and show your kids what it means to be a good human being and try to always do right, not just by yourself and your family, but to help others that can, that really can use some help or just get them involved. And it keeps, all these things matter in the world. So my wife and I built a, a hockey program from scratch up to, I think, 300 kids at its max in a lower income community. Uh, we wound up 
busing kids in from elementary school to teach them how to skate and play hockey all under our dime. You know, we had some donations, but it was really important to give kids an opportunity that they normally wouldn't have received. And hockey is an expensive sport. And, and so we were able to do that. And we had the help of the New York Rangers to do that as well, which was great because you brought kids to a safe environment to let them learn something they wouldn't have been able to, to, to experience. It's unfortunate that it, that it ended after a while uh, as we left the, uh, the rank and we moved on to, to other things as, as something else happened at that, that rank. But I think it's really important in this world to always take a step back and figure out how you can give back rather than be a taker. And being a giver is really, I think, is much more rewarding than being a taker. Yeah, I agree. You mentioned lacrosse and uh, basketball. Did you play hockey as well? I, I'm wondering where the hockey came from is, or, or that drive to, to help out. Jeez, no, I never played hockey. <laughs> uh, not, not until into my 40s when my two kids play. Oh, okay. And, you know, w- when my son started playing pretty competitively himself, I try to learn how to skate. And as anyone will tell you, I stink. <laughs> I still try to get better but I stink. I love to play the game. It's fast. Uh, probably, although the pace I play is, is more akin to knock hockey, uh, but it is, it was fun, but I did play uh, basketball and lacrosse and, you know, was fairly competitive there, but uh, I do love hockey. I wish I would have learned how to skate at a young age because it's just so, so fast. It's so much fun to play, but I just stink. <laughs> I doubt it. I want to skip to, you know, most of the time on my show, we've had so many different types of guests and personalities on the show. So I like to ask everyone how they start their day. So Steve, how do you start your day? Do you have any, besides the iced coffee, any routines or, or habits? I do. You know, it's, it's interesting this in the COVID world, my routine has obviously changed because pre COVID uh, was driving into or taking the train into New York city every day. Post-COVID or, or in COVID, uh, we all tend to be dispersed. And so I'm at home. I still wake up, you know, between 6 and 6.30 every morning and probably put an hour and a half of just pure reading into my day because I want to know what's going on in the financial markets, whether it's the traditional financial markets or the crypto markets. Uh, I like to learn about what other companies are doing because uh, you can always you know, figure out how you can use the best of what they do. To, to help your company and help your employees and help your customers. So yeah, my, my beginning of my day is iced coffee and give or take between an hour and a half and two hours of reading articles and blogs and anything I get my hands on. Is that morning routine with the iced coffee and the reading, are you getting out of business reading at all during that time, Steve? Or is that purely getting ready and, and thinking about Voyager and crypto for that hour and a half period? It's predominantly probably ninety percent business reading. Ten percent might catch up on my favorite uh, my favorite New York teams. See if there's anything new. Uh, maybe read a recap of the game from the night before. But ninety percent of it is is getting ready for the day. You know, trying to understand where I think the markets are going, where where there's opportunities, how we can make ourselves better, and all those things that I think are really important to ha- to run and be part of a successful company. Is there on the competition and in, in your athletic background, is there a workout routine also in the in the morning or is that more of an afternoon? You know, it's not as much as I would like. You know, I try to get a walk in each day if I can. I'm past the point of 
trying to be number one player on any team and so forth. Uh, you know, I realized it. I play, I mean, look, I, you know, I was playing lacrosse up uh, in an over 40 league up until recently. Uh, and I'm in my fifties. I do play softball with on Sundays when spring summer comes around and I'm one of the oldest on the team. It's kind of fun because I bring my, my son's part of the team, my daughter's boyfriend's part of the team. And so, you know, they're in their twenties, early twenties. And I get to play and compete with, you know, people 30 years younger than me. And that's a lot of fun, but I don't, the workout is more to just stay healthy and stay in shape. No, that's, that's great. Let's get into crypto. My listeners are super smart, but just to level set before we get into your company, Voyager and cryptocurrency, can you explain what exactly cryptocurrency is? Yeah, I think the main thing behind cryptocurrency and people have to understand is that cryptocurrency is built on the blockchain, which really makes the opportunity for things to be more transparent, easier to use, uh, easier to move money, easier to do transactions, and all in a way that can't be changed over time. Like, you know, you have read-write databases and things can get changed, but it's on the blockchain. It's covered by nodes across the globe, and they're talking to each other to make sure that these things are in sync and are indelible and can't be changed. And I think that's what people need to understand, that that's where cryptocurrency and some of the projects on top of that, Ethereum with the smart contracts, blockchain, uh, Bitcoin on, the, on, the, on their rails are all really important to how we're going to build out not just a new financial service system of the future, but I think it's going to be everything we do is going to be on distributed ledger technology uh, with the overlay of, of cryptocurrencies. You've had such a rich career, for lack of a better term, uh, in finance from TIR Securities to E-Trade, the Lightspeed to Financial, and now Voyager. What inspired you to make the switch from traditional finance to crypto? That's a great question. And look, I think started my career in public accounting, went to TIR Securities, which was an institutional soft dollar broker, in the mid 90s where there weren't many players in that space and there was a rule called section 28e of the sec code there was just quite a few people playing in that space and there was a niche play but the business grew to i think about 125 to 150 million of revenue we wound up selling it to e-trade and becoming part of uh, and ra- really running their brokerage but it was a niche and i always try to find opportunities where i think they're underserved with a big upside and when we, you know, led by Jarrett Lillian, who was, it was, he was a CEO of TIR, he is now on my board at Voyager, we sold the business to, to E-Trade. And that was 1999. That was the early days of online brokerage. And what we had seen was that we think online brokerage is going to be a huge opportunity over the next 10 years from that. And we were right. And so we always try to find things. And I try to find things that have this tremendous upside. When I left E-Trade, I bought a unit out of E-Trade and renamed it Lightspeed, uh, uh, Lightspeed Financial. And that was focused on active direct traders in the marketplace. And we grew that in three years from $8 million of revenue to $80 million of revenue. And we were doing 450,000 trades a day, third largest in 2008, 2009. And we saw an opportunity and I saw an opportunity to, to be dead on with active traders. And now I see the same thing with crypto. Like there's a mindset that you know, we're going to build on these rails. It's going to grow. And I wanted to be someone early, although considering we started in 18, we were late compared to some of the other people in the space. But, you know, we've made a lot of ground in three years now. 
And that was a great background. Is that how Voyager technically started? Or I, I believe there's a, a few of you that basically got around a breakfast table and said, you know, let's let's start this thing. But can you tell the audience a little bit about the start of Voyager? Yeah, it was it literally was a breakfast table. I believe it was a <laughs> diner in Union Square where we all got together, uh, started putting the pieces together. It was myself, my co-founders, uh, Philip Aton and Gaspard Detruzzi, who are serial entrepreneurs who had built uh, companies like Pager and Secure. Pager is uh, you know, almost a billion-dollar company in the medical space before COVID where people didn't know that you can do telemed. They were already starting to do that. So Cure is probably is a billion dollar private company that does KYC checks and they do them for companies like us and some big players, some big banks. We got around the table and then the fourth co-founder is a, a fellow by the name of Oscar Salazar and Oscar was the founding CTO of Uber. So kind of knows a little bit about disruptive technology and mobile technology. We did get around the table and we're like, we, we looked at each other like, how do we bring our skill sets together to come up with a plan? And and it wound up being crypto and bringing an agency broker to the market using the varied skill sets. And, and that's how we did it. And that's how we started in late 17. And we started building in, in early 2018. Crypto is still a relatively new industry. And we mentioned earlier about fear driving your success. I assume there had to be some, if not many, fears in the back of your head when you made this move. What inspired you to, to really make this move Sitting down with this group you just mentioned, I know that you had the the finance background behind you, but at the end of the day, tell us a little bit about the the fears that were in the back of your head. I think it would be valuable for the listeners. Yeah, you know, one thing that's interesting about me is that I don't have the fear of failure. You know, so I took on the task with the team to try to figure out how we can build something that's really innovative and. We thought we could do it, right? I mean, we, we literally were like, okay, we could use the, you know, seeing the market structure as it is. How are we going to be different than the exchanges that are there? Uh, how do we play in this, in this space where there are some pretty big players and make our niche? And we, that was what was really driving us. And, and trust me, though, there are times when you're going through that and you're building that you figure you may never get there. You know, in March, COVID, when it first hit, you, when you saw Bitcoin on March 12th, go crashing from eight grand to six grand to four grand. I'm on my couch watching uh, watching the Rangers, I think it was, and see it go down to 3,500. You're like, okay, I guess that's two years worth of work that just went uh, went away. And then you start seeing it rebound because you didn't know what was going to happen back then. It seemed like the, the earth was flat and we were going to fall off. And it rebounded. And you know we had the belief it would work, but I think you get that fear factor at that point. And we just worked harder. I mean, and the team worked harder through COVID and, and we are where we are today. You said something very interesting there, Steve. And I think that um, there's, a, there's a confidence there that maybe overcomes a little bit of the fears you're talking about. But how do you, with a company like Voyager, how do you, I guess, spread that confidence throughout the company? I mean, you're talking about, you know, sitting there on the, the couch watching crypto with COVID hitting the entire globe, how do you rally the troops at that point for you and the, the company? And how difficult was that? Look, I think it was, you know, it wasn't that difficult, really, because my any fear that I had looking at it was kept by, you know, I kept within my own brain. You know, what you have to do as a good leader is exude confidence to your team. 
And, and it goes deeper than that too, because what you got to not only do is just exude that confidence, but give them the confidence and let them. And I think that's what drives our entire team is that we give them a lot of ability to make decisions and, you know, make a lot of positive things and make mistakes. Right. So, you know, there's nothing wrong with a mistake. I always say there's nothing wrong with making an error. It's making that same mistake twice where you haven't learned from it. And, you know, so that day, yeah, it was, it was hard to watch a little bit and I kept it, you know, it, it was internal. I internalized it and just kept the team positive. Like, Hey, this is an opportunity and they see it because we all, you know, we were all really believers in what we were doing and just give them the ability to be successful, you know, post that. And I think that's really what's led us to, to where we are as we speak today. Thomas Edison had a, a quote along those lines, Steve, that's, I think it's many of life's failures are people who did not realize how close they were to success when they gave up. And I think that you talking about the continued drive, not only with you, but how that spills down to the rest of the employees in the company obviously shows through. It's it's that stick-to-itiveness when you're going through hard times and you're obviously coming out uh, the better at the end of this thing, which is which is great to see. Well, you know, again, I like to use, I'm a, I'm a big sports guy, competitive, uh, didn't play much baseball, but I love playing softball at, at this point, but I'm a big, you know, diehard New York Yankee fan. So, so hopefully none of your listeners hold that against me because I know, <laughs> I know, you know, we're the big bad Yankees and uh, so forth, but uh, you know, and, and it's one sport you can learn a lot from because, you know, in baseball, if you're good, if you're really good you know, you hit 300, right? And that means you failed 70% of the time. So, you know, you just got to keep striving. And, and in baseball as well, you can go through two, three weeks where you have a really big slump. And it doesn't mean you stink. It just means that you may have to work harder to get yourself out of that slump and look at your habits and figure out how you change them to be better. And I think it's a, it's a, really good analogy to the business world because not everything's going to go your way every day. If it does, then God bless. You know, I think uh, you may be as much luck as skill in that scenario, but you just got to work hard every day and, you know, keep driving to make it work. So I want to take a quick tangent on, on the word inspiration, because it's, it's come up a few times in this conversation already. And we spoke about, you know, your, your competitive drive. I love the baseball analogy. I use baseball analogies all the time, but what does me time look like for Steve Earl? Like, do you meditate, read, write? I'm just wondering it's business. It sounds like drive. It's a hundred percent every day. What do you do, Steve, just to kind of have, you know, a mental relaxation time? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's walks, you know, when I could do that, uh, especially spring, summertime, it's, it's much better. Just put some music on and, and walk and the music will vary from sixties to current. So it doesn't really matter. It's, it's all over the place. You know, I, I do really enjoy watching sporting events and watching my New York teams. And it's a way for me to download or just then sit with the family and, and watch movies or net, you know, Netflix or series and, you know, just try That's the way, you know, the way I try to get the downtime as much as I can, but you know, we all know uh, crypto is 24 seven, 365. So there's always something going on and it's hard to break away. Uh, but when I do, it's one of those things. Love it. Going back to Voyager, I heard an interview you had with Tracy Wislowski from yep. Intel a few weeks ago. 
you discussed, and I think I have this right, it's 100 times growth in about 13 months. Is that correct? Yeah, we did. Oh, uh, <laughs> Unbelievable. We had 5 million of customer assets at December 31st, 2019. Within the last month, we announced 500 million of customer assets. So yeah, 100 times growth on the AUM side of the world. I mean, we recently just announced today that we, I think we downloaded, we had 250,000 app downloads in a three-day span. So that's moved us up to number 18 on overall apps, favorite apps on the iPhone. And so we're seeing this amazing growth. And again, it's, it's you know, a lot of people like to say, uh, you know, how'd you do it? Yeah, it's one word. It's called team. And it takes, it takes a village. It takes a team to do it. And my team is as good as there is out in the marketplace. And we, we have a same drive of building what we think is the financial services firm of the future. So we're excited about all that growth. So that growth is phenomenal to say, to say the least. So what challenges, I guess, from here on forward, do you see in building Voyager even further with this type of growth? Yeah, you know, it's questions, it's it's things like this that Oscar and, and uh, Philip and Gaspard sit around and talk about. And Oscar's huge in this piece because he scaled up Uber, right? And he knew how to do it. And to us, it's just scaling so we can make sure that every consumer that comes into Voyager that wants to buy Bitcoin or USDC or any of the other tokens we have, including our own Voyager token, you know, those folks get the same experience as the ones that came in the first time when we first started. So Scalability is always a something we're working on and continuing to update over time and, you know, adding products so we can we can really uh, fulfill the vision that we see of bringing all financial services to a crypto broker and giving people the 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 way to create wealth in a much different way than they're used to and using our financial platform to do that. Steve, when you look back at your career up to this point, which has been nothing but success as far as I can see. Is there a moment which you know is, is tougher for some than others, but is there a moment or a tipping point you look back into you know admiration that's led to the success thus far? It's you know it's interesting. It's I've had some great mentors over the years, way back even starting when I was in public accounting to some of the uh, managers I had back then who taught me more about business to my time at E-Trade and working with Jarrett Lillian and instilling confidence in me in being able to, giving me my first opportunity to lead a division at E-Trade and therefore preparing myself, preparing me to be a CEO. So a lot of great mentors, but you got to turn the clock back even further. You know, my dad was probably, you know, the biggest inspiration in all this because he was an entrepreneur before that was really considered in vogue. Uh, and building his own business back in the late 60s and, and early 70s and building his own tax practice to you know, 5,000 customers. And he did so many of those returns on his own and working endless hours to make sure cons- you know the customers he had were always happy with the service he did. And I think so. Those are all things that really drive me and help create who I am today, good, bad, or ugly. I think it's, you know, those people are the ones that I would think that, that, from a business perspective. And then obviously, you know, family, being supportive, wife, kids, you know, it, it all helps in getting you where you want to go. That's great to hear, especially about your father, because that obviously is is sticking with you and, and driving you to 
to all the things we've talked about today, which are, are frankly just phenomenal. You know, I, I read a quote for you that said something to the effect of, I've seen this show before based on my experiences, and this is in finance. And I'm taking that into this new and exciting asset class of cryptocurrencies. And would love to hear your thoughts on what the future of crypto looks like. Yeah, it's definitely a quote I use quite often. I've seen this seen the show before. It's not necessarily a rerun. It is updated with a new asset class. So I look, I think there will be more thoughtful regulation in the crypto space over the next, you know, next few years. I think under the new administration, they're going to look at this and everything we've been under, everything we've been under over the last week or so is going to bring out some more thoughtful regulation, I believe, about the financial markets and where crypto is going to go. And that's exciting to me because I think we do need some regulation in the space. But as I said, you know, if you turn back the clock to the late 90s, early 2000s, there were a lot of regulations that came in after the boom of multiple markets, market centers, and what they called ECNs and ATSs to go with exchanges back then. And more regulation came in. And I think we'll see that uh, over the next few years. And it's exciting to us because I think that's an opportunity. Absolutely. So, Steve, I'd like to uh, end with some rapid fire questions, if you don't mind. So it's a little bit of fun for for the listeners. And the first one kind of brings a smile to my face since we've been talking about crypto for the last 30 minutes or so. And the question is this, is what is one thing that you, uh, Steve Ehrlich, do not mind spending money on? And this can be a, you know, a personal uh, business or whatever it is, but what is something you do not mind spending money on? Oh, that's an easy one. Sporting tickets. I love to go to games. <laughs> I like, yeah, I'm a season ticket holder for the Rangers. Used to be for the Yankees. Yeah, I, it's it's my passion is 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 going to watch live sporting events. Uh, I, I love that. I've been fortunate enough to go to a couple of Super Bowls. And when I was part of E-Trade, we sponsored the, the halftime ad, got to go to a couple of those. I love going to sporting events. So that's an easy question. Oh, gosh. And I, and I hope that, uh, you know, we can all go back sooner rather than later to what it, what it was, because I, I love it too, Steve. Hopefully, you know, that would be really nice to be able to go catch a live baseball game come summertime. Yeah. You know, my, my two best friends, we're on the baseball topic, my two best friends and I, we've been for the last, I don't know, at least decade, if not more, hitting up different major league baseball stadiums as part like of a, a boys trip uh, each and every year. And this this last year, obviously, was the first year we could not go. And I'm telling you, it almost <laughs> killed us not to see a new new ballpark. And I can hardly wait. It's, uh, you know, I, I wanted to do that years ago, got the opportunity to see some, but not enough. It is a great thing if you can get to each of the each of the ballparks. And there's so many new ones now. Yeah. That that make it really exciting to go. And then there's just you know, traditional places like Fenway Park and Wrigley Field that every time you walk into that, you're you're walking into something that is really special that has, you know, which what I liked about old Yankee Stadium, they used to say the ghosts of Yankee Stadium. Uh, but I think Fenway and Wrigley are the two remaining that are just amazing places to walk into. Yeah, I would not disagree. Someone actually... Uh, threw out, well, hey, the the Oakland A's have an old stadium. I was like, no, 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 that's not, <laughs> don't throw that in with Fenway or, or Wrigley. Funny, you know, yeah, funny you bring up the A's, you know, uh, <laughs> the uh, Stephen Piscotti, right fielder for the A's, has become a really good friend to Voyager and works with us now on, on spreading the word. He's such a nice guy. Uh, I'm excited to, to 
when the A's make it to New York, I see him play in Yankee Stadium uh, as we become friends. And he's uh, he's a Bitcoin advocate, a crypto advocate. And, uh, you know, you brought up the A's, so I had to throw that out there. No, I love that. Love that. All right. Next question. Threw out a uh, Thomas Edison quote uh, during this conversation. But is there a quote or quotes, Steve, that that stick to you or a favorite quote that you have? It's not going to surprise you when I go back to the sports world and and I use uh, Wayne Gretzky's most famous quote. Well, I think it's his most famous quote. You know, you got to skate to where the puck is going, not where it is today. And that's the way we try to drive our business. Where's the business going to? Uh, so it is my favorite favorite overall quote because it just means so much. You you want to be thinking ahead, not behind, uh, and that's what drives us. I love that. I think I think Gretzky's also was he also the one that said you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. I think that was another one that Gretzky said. It is another one of his great quotes. You know, and and it come, I mean that's what entrepreneurs do, right? That's the second. That's the part of being an entrepreneur. If you don't if you don't take the shot, you you can't win. So. You can't score. So I think that's, he's got two brilliant quotes. Love that. Okay. Next one. If you could choose, you've obviously been in finance for forever, but if you could choose a completely different position, what would it be and why? I would love to have been a college basketball coach. That's what I really wanted to do. I came out of high school playing basketball went to college. Uh, my high school coach offered me a job as to, to stay local and stay close to home and be the freshman basketball coach. Uh, my dad said, not in a million years. You're going to college. You're going to go you know, do something else. I became an accountant to start with. Uh, but my passion was always, always outside of finance was to be a, a basketball coach, whether male or female. Back then was male. But as I had a daughter and I started coaching, would have you know would have loved the opportunity to be able to work with whether they were high school kids or college kids and really guide them and help them and be a college coach that's really what's my 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 goal that's a great answer steve very very ironic we both mentioned we have a brother 15 months younger and i've had guests on and asked that same question and that would be exactly my answer would be a college basketball coach very similar play growing up I would say I dabbled a little bit in college as well, but I have that same answer and I'm coaching my two kids. They're, they're younger, they're 11 and nine, but I absolutely love it. And I'm with you on that one. No one ever has had the same answer as me yet. <laughs> I love it. I mean, I did it, as you mentioned earlier, I built a, a girl's program, helped support a girl's program for about 10 years and coached my daughter for a little bit, but I really enjoyed it. And, you know, it, it was, it was more about teaching them it's not about winning games. It's that's always fun. It's always more fun to win than lose. And my competitive nature always wanted me to win. But it was about teaching him the pitfalls of not working hard and trying to gauge them so they could take life lessons away for the future. Because very few kids really get the opportunity to to move on, you know, and play at higher levels, whether it's college or pro, obviously. So it's instilling some work ethic and beliefs that they can use in their later life. I'm with you. My my hope in, you know, when I'm coaching these these kids is that they get at least one or two things that they yep. can take with them for the rest of their lives, right? And you know, <laughs> on a quick tangent, it's really funny because, you know, I play I played sports all growing like growing up and a little bit in college as well. And I don't ever remember getting very nervous for games. However, when I'm coaching and my son's on the free throw line, I've <laughs> 
I've never been more nervous in my life. It's unbelievable. <laughs> you know, it's the same way. I think I'm I'm pretty much the same way in the fact that I don't remember being all that nervous growing growing up playing college lacrosse. Nah, I just felt like hey, I could do the job. It's not, you know, it's just give me the challenge. You know, if 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 I pass, I pass. If I fail, I'm gonna have to do better the next time. But when you watch your kids play, and, and both my kids wound up being uh, you know, hockey goalies, and, and one, my, my son's playing in college, and when you watch them play, you kind of see your body moving with when the shot is done, you know, and you're kind of nervous and so forth. So it's you definitely have more nerves when you're watching your kids. You, you can't help it. You want to joystick them, right? Like, here, move yeah. here, or you can't. You just can't, and, and you got to just let it go. Joystick him. I like that one. Okay. Last rapid fire here. Final dinner. Not sure what's happening tomorrow. We don't want to get morbid with it, but you have your final dinner in front of you. What is on your plate or plates and in your glass? Wow. Well, first, I mean, final dinner would have to be, you know, with my, my, my immediate family and my brothers and my, my parents, like that would be my final table. Nobody else. I don't need any any celebrities or anyone like that. It would be just, you know, my two brothers and, you know, their families and my family and my, my parents, that's it. And my final, you know, the meal. Wow. Give me a light beer and give me some uh, eggplant parm and I'm probably a happy camper. Ooh. Now, so eggplant parm is there, is this a homemade recipe or is there a restaurant you're going for eggplant parm? Cause that can, that can go widespread. I'll eat whatever is put in front of me on eggplant parm. Just make sure it's sweet and not bitter. And I'm a, and, and that works. Uh, I love my eggplant parm, you know, but like I said, friend, you know, it would be my family. I would, I would be remiss if I didn't say like when I, you know, think of my family, it's uh, my wife's family too. And, and her mom and all that. Cause I think it's the most important thing uh, is family and bring it all together. And, you know, they don't have to have any eggplant. I'll eat it all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, as we wrap, Steve, this has been this has been a really fun conversation. But going back to Voyager, we're going to push obviously everyone to go to the Voyager and open an account. But are there any, I guess, parting words with Voyager or just parting words for the audience and motivation that you want to to leave us with? Look, I think what we've built at Voyager and we, we will continue to build is that financial services firm of the future. We really do believe blockchain and crypto are changing the way uh, the industry works over the long haul. And we want to be at the forefront and make it easy for people to enter this segment and be their trusted resource in doing that. And I, to me, it's really important. I, I say this on a lot of my interviews is that customers matter. Are we always going to be right? No. But we try to be right, you know, a heck of a lot more than, than being wrong. And we, we think the most important thing about building a firm that and a company that's based on customers is to treat customers right. So we're going to continue to do that. Uh, we're really excited about the future of crypto and what we're doing. So I'd, I'd welcome anyone to come, come to the app, download the app, open an account. Uh, we're trying to bring, we're in such demand. We're trying to bring customers on in a really judicious manner. So there might be a little bit of time uh, between downloading and getting you through our funnel. But that just shows you the demand in the industry and what we're doing. Great, Steve. Great way to end it. All I can say is thank you so much for your time because that was a fantastic conversation. Uh, really good for the, the listeners to definitely get to know you and Voyager. And you know, until next time, we'll, we'll try and stay in touch. Awesome. Well, thanks. Appreciate you giving me the time. All right. Take care. Take care. 
Thanks again for listening, and I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Steve Ehrlich of Voyager. You can find Steve on LinkedIn. Just look for Voyager slash Crypto Trading, and Steve's last name is spelled E-H-R-L-I-C-H. And his company at investvoyager.com, I-N-V-E-S-T-V-O-Y-A-G-E-R.com. And you can find me at my website, ramizade.com. That's R-O-M-Y-Z-E-I-D.com. Thanks again for listening, everyone. And I hope you learned something interesting.